What is up, good people? Welcome to Music Mostly, the podcast where we celebrate the music that is important to us. Thank you so much for joining us. First and foremost, giant shout out to the excellent people in the service and hospitality industries. They're making it rain sanitizer so your goofy ass can pretend everything is okay. They're delivering dinner so you can stay safe and cozy at home. They're gigging at your local grocery store, bagging your orders, and running them to your car to save you time and exposure. So pretty please, with sugar on top, mask up, tip like a rock star, and don't be a dick. Side note to that, you know, vaccines are coming out. People are kind of easing back into the world. And here's what I foresee happening this summer is a lot of people who've been vaccinated, who go to a place... And the place has a sign up that says masks required. Please wear a mask there for everybody's safety. And the people look at the poor servers and bartenders and bussers and people running around who are wearing masks and running around working. And they're saying, well, I shouldn't have to wear a mask because I've been vaccinated. It's like, it's not about you, guy. Just come on. We're, We're almost through it. But just just, you know, try and take care of each other. Just remember that it's about taking care of each other. It's not an attack on you personally. Because none of us individually is important enough to warrant a personal attack about mask wearing. Anyway, all right, rant over. It's time to talk about music. It's time to talk about life. We're Yes, we know you're gonna like We got some tasty hot takes And the jams we just had to kick So saddle up good people While we talk a little bit about music Music, music, music your host. Uh, my name is Will, the hostess with the mostest, Olsen. And I am tickled pink to be joined by my good friend and regional icon, Mr. James Jimmy Ray Scott. Hello, Jimbo. Hey, 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 hey. How are you tonight? Very well adjusted. Thank you for asking. Uh, you're welcome. We are joined by audio engineer, jingle master, and pretzel wagon franchisee, Mr. Brian Gardner. How are you, Brian? Very good. Very good. Did you, uh, did you make that reference because I'm from Batavia, New York? Is that... Or is that just a random? Uh, that is from The Simpsons. Yes, it's a delicious but, but they, refreshment. they the referenced my hometown of Batavia, New York, in that episode. Oh no, I didn't. I did not. I, you uh, know, my knowledge of that episode is not that deep. Well, what a happy <laughs> there you go coincidence there. <laughs> happy accident. <laughs> happy accident. <laughs> All right, fellas, before we get going, I want to remind you that we tweet the playlist to our shows a few days before the episode drops, so you have a chance to listen to the music that we will be talking about today. You can follow us on Twitter at MusicMostlyPod. On to the show. Now, fellas, have you ever tried to like give an email address or you know credit card number, just something over the phone? Like, of course you have. We all have. And it's like it's always just a, a mess. First of all, there's language and accent issues. For the purpose of this intro, I will confine the scope of my observations to the English language, particularly American English. Side note, I am sure that you would guess that the United States of America has the highest number of English speakers in the world, but would you have guessed that the next three nations with the highest numbers of English speakers are, in order, India, and then Pakistan, and then Nigeria? 
you think there are too many sub-dialects in the United States, you're going to find the next 50 years very taxing. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make here is that even if you're all like, I don't understand why they put these call centers where they don't even speak English, then I'd like to point out that they do, in fact, speak English. It's just typically the British variant and with an unfamiliar accent. And they speak English a whole lot better than you speak Hindi, so back off. Anyway, uh, where was you. I? Okay, so trying to give info over the phone. The next hurdle is that the phone connection always seems to get spotty right when you're trying to negotiate an N versus an M or a T versus a V versus a P versus a B. In Spanish class back in high school, I learned that they actually pronounce V and B the same. They pronounce them both ba. They apparently have a phonetic saying that goes like this, ba de baca o ba de burro to make the distinction. Baca being spelled V-A-C-A and meaning cow. Yeah, or the or the or the, the donkey. That's right. There's a joke in the show Archer. Well, <laughs> under extreme duress, Archer is trying to spell a code word over the phone to Ray. He says M is in Nancy, and then there's confusion between the two of them, culminating in Ray shouting, "You said M is in Nancy!" And Archer replying, saying, "No, I said M is in Nancy." The, the hilarity <laughs> ensues. <laughs> But the point is clear. We, as a people, need a standardized way to phonetically communicate letters over the phone. So it was that in 1956, NATO adopted the standard phonetic alphabet that is still used today. I won't get into the hundreds of thousands of words that were considered and reviewed and re-reviewed. But suffice it to say that the words in the NATO phonetic alphabet are set up such that there is little chance of one being mistaken for another. And so that every nationality can pronounce the words correctly. Quickly, because I bet you think you know them, but you really don't. The official NATO phonetic alphabet goes like this. Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, Foxtrot, Golf, Hotel, India, Juliet, Kilo, Lima, Mike, November, Oscar, Papa, Quebec, Romeo, Sierra, Tango, Uniform, Victor, Whiskey, X-Ray, Yankee, and Zulu. I bet you thought the word for W was Wilco. It's not. Wilco is radio shorthand for will comply. The phrase Roger Wilco is short for message received will comply. The whole thing is enough to make you laugh out loud or Lima Oscar Lima. Anyway, in 2002, <laughs> the band Wilco released the acclaimed Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. I have absolutely no idea if that stands for something or if it's an inside joke or whatever. But for tonight's purposes, I don't really care. Because tonight we're not talking about Yankees, hotels, or foxtrots. Tonight we're talking about Wilco's 2007 venture into dad rock, Sky Blue Sky. <laughs> but before we get to all of that, James, what have you been listening to tonight? First of all, I kind of resent dad rock. I just want to say that. I don't That's like that. That's why I threw it in there. That's well, I don't, I you're a jerk. That. I, I, I wanted to spur this discussion. That's why I brought it up. Uh, I don't know what I've been listening to. Actually, now you just got me all mixed up. Actually, I'll tell you what. Uh, Kowali again. Kowali? 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 I don't know. Talib Kowali? Uh, K-A-W-E-H-I. Kowahi. Kowahi. Oh. Um, she's just, she's like the most awesome looper I've ever seen in my life. She's oh, amazing. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe this was last week. Uh, sorry, I'm saying the same thing again. But... Literally, again, this week. Well, clearly, you know, it's good enough to um, listening to. Also, I was listening to a little bit of, um, well, yeah. Other things you've heard me talk about. Julian Casablancas. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, side note, my brother texted me today and said he was listening to the playlist uh, for our current episode that's out and that he just this week, figured out that Julian Casablancas was a man and not a woman. 
And he wanted me to tell you that. Okay. Um, I don't know he, what he should tell Julian I, I, that. I don't know. I, just, I don't know. Maybe it's not, maybe it's none of my business. I'm not like a conduit to the man. Like you can't actually get messages to him. <laughs> it's like tell Jimbo to text Julian. <laughs> <and> tell <laughs> hey, my buddy was a little confused. Sorry about that thing at that party that one time. Oops, he thought you're a lady. And he responded, I keep saying, who is this? He's like, gender confused. Uh, Brian, what have you been listening to? Most recently, uh, Curtis Mayfield. Oh, nice. I love Curtis Mayfield. And you love Kate Curtis. Kurt. Uh, Kurt. Kurt, you know, as his, his friends call him. Uh, yeah, I mean a lot of shit, but that's more of the standout. So. Yeah. Nice. Oh, what I listened to a little Black Crows today. So right. southern, so southern, and some Blind Melon. I, I would, yeah, nice. I wouldn't call that southern, but I, I see that. That's not. I could feel they, the the way that they, where they meet those two bands. Yeah, I just kind of. I mean, yeah. I think it was because I was listening to this Wilco record a lot, and it kind of wanted something that is like a little more jammy, for me. Yeah, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I was listening to that today. I feel um, like that same feeling would have pushed me like in a, a direction of um, like um, Cracker, something like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that I didn't get pushed in that direction. I'm glad that I'm glad that I listened to this record this week. It was, it was, it was a really great experience. Yeah, this is a phenomenal record. Really uh, and we're going to talk about that record. We are going to take a quick break right now, and when we return, we are going to look up into the sky blue sky. We'll be right back. And we are back. We are talking about Sky Blue Sky by Wilco this week. Which, okay, so Brian, you had said earlier that you've listened to this album like a gazillion times. A lot, yes. I had not listened to it completely as an album until this week. Jimbo, had had you before? I had never listened to this record at all. I think I heard one track off of it. But I, I really didn't pay much attention to this record. And it, it literally changed my life this week. It, 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 I mean, Okay, life-changing. I say that. I'm a little dramatic. <laughs> but it was really it was really damn good. Yeah, I, I mean, I expected to like it as much as I did, and I really, really liked it. I expected to hear a song or two off it and be like, oh, yeah, that's on this record. But that did not happen to me. It didn't. But I liked everything that did happen on this record. It was, it was like solid gold from beginning to end, and we'll talk about why. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's Wilco's best record in my opinion i mean they have a lot of great records and that's to say a lot and i'm sure people would argue that to the days long but when it comes down to it it's it's a it's a heavy hitter so i would just want to say this really quickly i had access to the brain and opinions of uh a very an americana expert an americana sewer uh, Americana, uh, mu- musical Americana Coin sort of um, uh, genre uh, uh, connoisseur. And uh, Richie Shalcross, I'll just say his name out loud. Shout out. Uh, um, and, and, yeah, and he, would, he, he, would and he was, that, he was like saying to me that this is his favorite Wilco record. And he the, the, the moments and he was getting shivers in his spine listening to this, the same moments I was. And I'm, I'm like, I yep. fucking get it, dude. This is... Shivers down the spine moments, a lot, a lot of them. 
Oh yeah, him and I have had very in-depth conversations about this record and why that is. So, yep, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, he he appreciates us the way we're about to talk about it. I think. I think you're right. I think I agree with you. Um, all right, so let's get into some stats. The album was released on May 15th, 2007, which was my brother Pete Dog's 37th birthday. Shout out to him. Uh, I know. I, I don't. I'm pretty sure that's a coincidence. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it was planned. <laughs> they planned um, it like. When's Pete Dog's birthday again? When was all right. <laughs> it better be on a Tuesday this year. <laughs> That's the only time we can release records. Um, it was recorded November 2006 through January 2007 at the Wilco Loft in Chicago, Illinois. So apparently they own their own studio, which is pretty amazing. Uh, yeah. And it makes a lot of sense because this is their sixth studio album. And I was just looking at their release dates, and I feel like they must just literally tour and record and repeat. That's Yeah. Because they put out an album... In 95, 96, 99, 01, 04, 07, 09, 2011, 2015, they took a four-year break, but then they put one out in 2016, and then 2019. Yeah. Well, um, and, and and you know why they took that four-year four break? Land Ho on... Uh, <laughs> that was actually after all Parks this. And, yeah. Parks and Rec, yeah. Um, also, just a side note, uh, if you're not familiar, just Google Wilco Loft. It's pretty awesome. It's like... Or just a fun space. There's just so like a playground, bullshit. like a playground. If you're a yeah, there's adult just, making music for a little. Oh bit. my god, yeah, musical playground, kid in a candy musical. store kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, and the reason I say they must just literally tour and record is because like there are other bands that I listen to that put out a lot of records, like, but this is like a all fifty minutes of like very well produced, very nuanced rock and roll. This isn't. A punk band putting out an album every time you turn around that is just like, yeah, we got it one take, we're good. Um, so I, I don't know if you guys give me some insight on that because it just seems like, because I know they tour all the time too, so they just must be so efficient in the studio. Well, there's a quote on Wikipedia that I'm reading right now that are just in, you know, the composition of the record uh, that says many of the album's songs were recorded in a single day with the band reaching a consensus on how each song should sound. So it's, it's seems like they're just that. Yeah. They, they play these songs so many times and rehearse these songs that you can just go in and just literally be like, this is what it is. Like, yeah, I guess if you're, if you're touring a lot and you're working on songs, then you have time to kind of work them out on stage and then be like, Oh, and, now we're going to do that one in the studio. And they're one of those bands for sure. Like I've seen them a bunch and every, I feel like every time, Without there being a new record available or anything, they're always playing a few, like at least a few new songs that no one has heard. I, I saw them in, uh, I, I want to say it was 2015. I saw them at the State Theater. I don't know if you guys read that show. I was. In yeah. Fact. And then, like, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think I'm remembering this correctly. Like, they came out and started playing, and they played their entire new record entitled Star Wars. Like, I think before they were like, hey, how you doing? Thanks for coming out. Like, they played the whole record. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, we're Wilco, by the way. And then they played for like three more hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. they're relentless. That was a great show. God, I, was, I had a great balcony seat for that, too. That was perfect. Yeah, we were way up in the back. But like that set that they did, like the acoustic set that they did, like out in the front of the stage, like yes. later at the end. I mean, it, it was... So I so that was kind of like my introduction to them. I, I mean, I was aware of them. I had heard some of their music, but I, I'm not 
and, and still I'm not like a super fan or anything. Like I don't, I don't seek out Wilco records and listen to them. Not for any reason, except for they just aren't on my radar, but, uh, I was not expecting them to rock as hard as they rocked at that show. And I mean, I was just blown away by the stage show. Like they are an amazing live band. It, yeah. So it, it just, it, yeah, every, every part of it sounds great. They just play so well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really good. Um, I, I feel like uh, Brian, what you were saying earlier about, um, oh shit, I had a thought and I've lost it already. Um, you, you were talking about how, um, it has an energy that is, I guess I would, this is what I was thinking. It has an energy that's Americana. Somebody said rock and roll, and I feel like a lot of it is not really rock and roll. It's sort of folk. And uh, I guess, it, you know, all things that have ever been, you know, rock and roll have come from folk or from blues or from, you know, whatever it is, like the earlier, you know. This is like, I you have to use the word Americana. I keep saying it over and over again. It's, it's, you do. It's, it's what it is. I mean, it's like, it's not, yeah. there are elements of like Steely Dan in this. Oh yeah. That yeah, I hear. That's in my notes. It's all about the changes. And in the guitar playing, there's a little bit of like, uh, although it's not polished with eighties, um, sort of polished guitar tones, some Pat Metheny in there, the way the changes handle themselves. And it's like this, like, like, 80s sort of jazz fusion meets 70s steely dance. I don't know. It's like yacht rock. It's like, well, it's almost yacht rock. Well, there's it, a big reason for that, especially with the guitars. So this record specifically was the first one that is the current version of Wilco, which in, um, brought yes. in Nels Klein, who's an amazing guitar player. I mean, it, his stuff is more like, the fit to Wilco seemed bizarre, but it, it, go, it works out great. But it, more it like, works uh, with the changes that are written. Because he's more like avant-garde experimental stuff. Like think more like Adrian Ballou, like Zappa-esque, like, but even beyond. Right. Like crazy weird shit. But he comes in here and it, it just it fits it so well. And then uh, Pat Sansoon, was, it's the other, I guess they have three guitar players and, and then uh, the other guy plays keys and stuff too. But like having you know three guitars yeah the, you know, a lot of options and well yeah, when you have three guitars if you do it well it's and you layer them appropriately it's really really beautiful and yeah i mean like this is like the thin lizzy or the eagles of our time you know like and when i say our time i'm an old man i i guess i was <laughs> a, i was alive when this happened okay maybe i wasn't a teenager or like coming up and what music was supposed to sound like. And by the way, I don't want to say this yet because I'm kind of going to hold it in reserve, but his voice is very, very much uh, Jerry Garcia on a good day. <laughs> well, I did I did want to talk about his voice. Let's do that now. Because um, right. Jeff Tweedy does not... I, I can't sing, so let me just preface it by saying that and I'm not throwing shit. He doesn't have the best voice. He's not like a an amazing singer, but he has an amazing voice for this music. Yeah. And he's not really apologetic about it or like nervous about it. He is fearless and he does the thing and where it lands is just, it's kind of beautiful. And it's like, and it feels, okay, let me, okay, let me correct myself. Actually, Jerry Garcia meets, um, uh, who's the main Steely Dan higher pitch singer. 
Donald Fagan. Uh, Donald Fagan. D- Donald Fagan. Yeah. yeah. I, Jerry, I Jerry Garcia meets like, Donald uh, Fagan. That's what I hear. I get a lot of uh, kind of like Wayne Coyne from Flaming Lips. Yeah. Too recent. Like a little more refined than him, even though I think like more like like the I, higher it's register more of that, stuff. Like, um, it's th- it's about like kind of like the being earnest and like it, it's not about the actual quality of the uh, or, or you know how good you can sing. It's about the delivery of it. If that yeah yeah makes and sense. I, you know, I, yeah, no, that makes sense. And you know, it's it's, more, it's, it's something, that's what makes it beautiful. It's flawed. He, he can make it feel a certain way, and and like it's it, he conveys a lot of it's really it's, emotion with his voice. I think. It's yeah, me. it's it's beautifully flawed, and yeah. unapologetic. Right, because he can, you know, and 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 those that's the that's the beauty of it too. There's moments where, you know, you he he really sets the tone on how his voice is is following that or or, or leading it. I, I guess I should say. Absolutely, yeah, um, I agree with that 100. percent I th- I think that. It's kind of one of the selling points of the entire outfit. I mean, like, if you didn't have that, none of this would have made it to our ears. No, you'd just be like, oh, they're really good musicians and whatever. Yeah. Like, but, like, this is why. Yeah, it's it's pretty much the, the most important part of it. And, like, you are all these other elements that are obvious selling points. You're like, oh, my God, this guitar player is amazing. The songwriting is incredible, blah, 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 blah. But if it weren't for that broken-ass character voice that he has none of us would be even having this conversation right well this this record too has a different feel so if you know wilco i mean or have kind of spanned at least there's two records so ghost is born which is the, the previous album to this and then this record um they're two similar but very different ends of the spectrum so a ghost is born was like really self-deprecating and like dark and I, he was going through like a lot of problems i think he went to rehab like during that record sort of like the eels or something like that um but it still had that very like oh like kind of where this it's like it's pretty but just really again it's like how he controls it with his words and his voice and this one is like kind of the other side of it where it's a little on the brighter side of things but still has that Really wow. emotive. Wow, quality. this is the brighter so, side. Holy shit, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, this, uh, <laughs> so, that yeah, really I'd actually rough, recommend man. listening to. I want to go give him a hug. Where does he live? Like Minneapolis or something? Chicago. Sh- Chicago. Oh, Chi Town. Well, I'll just show up in his doorstep and be like, dude, can I, can I give you a hug, bro? He's, he's pretty cool. He might hang out with you. He's been known to, like, just hang out with, like, he can fans be like, and stuff. Yeah, he's like, supposed to be, like, my- the coolest guy ever. My friend Julian Casablanca has told me that you need a hug. Uh, Julian phoned me. <laughs> My friend Julian sent me like, over. You know Julian Casablanca. <laughs> he's like, I'm, I'm really worried about that Wilco I'm guy. I'm really worried about uh, Mr. Mr. Tweedy, I think his name yeah. is. <laughs> you might swing it by and knock on his door and just, just give him a fucking hug. Him, like, just, give him a, just give him a hug. Give him a hug. hug. Yeah. You're like, Dude. I would, but, you know, COVID. I'm going to be like, take it from, <laughs> take it from an you. old fucker. It's good for you. Do you think he's um, my age? How old is he? He's been younger than me, right? He's like he's, 45. He's in his 50s, I'd have yeah, to Yeah, I think he's in now. his 50s. 50s? Damn, that's where I'm headed to. Wow. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to. Oh. I don't want to. Anyway, um, okay. So this record debuted at number four on the Billboard 200. It's their highest charting album debut, uh, which is interesting. You think they were riding on the kind coattails of the previous record? Sense. In a lot of ways, yeah. And then another thing happened in between there. I think it was between that. 
is their live record, which is Kicking yeah. Television. Kicking Television. Which, That's a great. Which is live amazing. Record. Yeah, I bring it all Ben about that. Super, right? super good. Oh, it's so yeah. good. And that also features. That was the first to feature this current lineup with Nels Klein, and okay, all the, all the new guys. <laughs> So this record uh, had mostly positive reviews, but some outfits complaining of the dad rock vibes, which I th- is interesting. If you click on the dad rock link <laughs> on Wikipedia, it takes you to the arena rock page. That's really funny. Um, <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to know more about the genre. I want to know. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know either. I, I, like, What I, age is your dad or are you the dad? Am I, am I the dad? I'm, I'm yeah. definitely the dad. But, you, well, you are a father, so. That's true. Um, I am not. But then I was reading some of the reviews, and it seems like the critics who were complaining about it were complaining about the same things that other people were praising. And the reason I bring this up is just to piggyback on what we talked about on the Blink-182 episode is just, like, fuck critics. If you if you like something, like it. And if you don't, don't, and that's fine. Exactly. But, like, it's just, it's just something about, like, people trying to objectively rate somebody's art. Just kind of bugs me. But one other thing that I wanted to talk about, and then we'll take a break, uh, is the cover art is a picture called Sky Chase by Manuel Presti, uh, which was also featured in an issue of National Geographic in 2007. And it's a beautiful, beautiful picture. Um, it's a photo. A photo. A photo. It's a photo. Anyway, um, you guys want to say anything else in general before we start going through the album? Nope, good. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to go track by track to Sky Blue Sky. We'll be right back. What's up, good people? It's Will. You may notice that this section of the show sounds as if it were recorded separately from the rest of the show that's because we were trying to do something with like listening to the songs in between while we were talking about them so we could have them fresh in our heads and anyway it just ended up sounding real disjointed and and weird and and we didn't like it so we went ahead and re-recorded this part where we talk about sky blue sky Uh, i hope you enjoy it it definitely sounds better than the original attempt at it Anyway, lesson learned. Back to the show. And we are back. We're talking about Sky Blue Sky by Wilco this week. And one of the things I think you got to talk about first about this record is Jeff Tweedy's vocal style. Because to me... Uh, and I mean, I realize this is like the pot and the kettle, but he's not like the best singer, but he's a great vocalist, if that makes sense. Um, would you, would you agree with that assessment, James? Yeah, I think that's exactly what I would say. I would say that he isn't interested in perfection, which is, is part of his uh, beauty. Um, I think that he could go, you know, line by line and make this shit outstanding it would be a different animal altogether part of his appeal and part of the beauty of it is that he does as much as he has to do and he lets his style come through and his uh uh his flavor come through because he's 
he's a flawed man and his voice is a little flawed and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's beautiful. That's what makes it beautiful. Part of what makes it really outstanding. Yeah. There's something that almost anyone can relate to. He has that ability to just, you know, make it sound like he, he just, he's telling you a story, but it doesn't, sometimes you don't even feel like he's singing. Yeah. You know? He's not really trying too hard and he doesn't care. And there is a, a really haunting and beautiful quality to his voice. And I think that's part of it is that it's just not trying too hard. Uh, yeah. But I, I, it's, it's almost like that, that costs a lot to look this cheap, kind of like takes a lot of effort to sound that nonchalant about it. It's true. I, I don't, or, I don't think it is. That's what it is. In this you, you don't think it is. Okay. No, I like uh, this is real. I like when is like he goes from high to low, well. Like he transitions a lot, in in the same songs. Like where, and and I think it just sounds beautiful when he does it. Um, especially if he's like coming out of a chorus and then back into a verse. Um, it just it just really. Uh, I mean, it kind of like talks to another thing that they do really well, which is like this like disjointedness of their songs. Like they go from loud to quiet. Yeah. But I was about to make the comment that he didn't do that that much. And I was, okay, so I was we a, disagree on that. Well, no, okay. I was about to make that comment. I was about to write that down. And then all of a sudden and shake it off. Um, yeah. I, I felt, I felt that he was really doing that a great job of in the verses, almost whisper singing, sought really softly and then pushing it like full voice a little yeah. more in the verses. And then I can't remember what the song is, but I think it was after it. Maybe it's please be patient with me. Um, he, he actually goes to falsetto a little bit, which uh, he hadn't done previously on the record. Um, I can't remember what song it is. Damn it. I meant to make that note. Anyways, there's one song where he slips in from full voice to falsetto a little bit back and forth. And I thought that was that, that impressed me and kind of surprised me. And, and unless you're really listening for it, you're not going to hear it because it happens so naturally, you know? He's, he's done that in a lot of past records. Less on this one, it seems. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like. There's a song. It's it's the third or fourth song. And Brian, you you probably know exactly which one it is. I think it's "Side with the Seeds." That's where it, like it starts with that little drum roll, and then his voice just starts like really high up. That song, I, and I, yeah, my, like that's my favorite song. In the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also a like waltz. Is it okay? Yeah, yeah, and it's just so uh, like like Brian, you were saying. uh Nobody does that anymore where, like, they just start with that drum roll and then right into, like, the vocal just hits you in the face. And, like, it's such Yeah, it's such, like, a, like, 50s-style thing to me. Like, yeah. almost doo wop where it's like, uh, okay, here's the song. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that, that actually transitions into uh, another point that I wanted to make was, is, like, their, uh, their use of, like, tension – and crescendo like i felt like it's all yeah. over this record and in that song especially like there's this part where they start like the guitar's like tick -a -tick -a -tick -a -tick -a -tick and then yeah, it, yeah. Just, it gets big like all of a sudden yeah and, and uh, yeah they do that really well and they do it all over this record yeah i wrote down Very awesome good. build and i and i and I also again they're contemporaries i said that was a little bit like spoon i, I felt um a very spoon like moment yeah. i think it has a lot to do with the piano before we get away from the vocal mm -hmm. stylings i want to say 
and, and nobody wants to hear this, but Jeff Tweedy. I want to hear it. Jeff, I do. Jeff Tweedy sounds like Jerry Garcia on the best day Jerry Garcia ever had. <laughs> I hear a lot of Wayne Coyne from Flaming Lips when he goes high. Okay. That's what it sounds like to me. All right. Uh, I, I agree with that. I'd agree with both of those. Uh, well, they all three Wayne, of them Wayne, have this. Wayne's this, like, voice isn't as good, though. Jeff's way prettier. Yeah. Because he's more. I, I think that. He's more convincing. I think Wayne Coyne would agree with you. Yeah, but yeah. I don't they, think he's trying all, to fool but, anyone. <laughs> uh, the, them and Jerry Garcia all have like there's like this raspiness. Yeah, yeah. So it's not gravelly, but there's just a little raspiness to their voice, which is it just kind of makes you feel it a little more. Yeah, like it really it really makes everything sound pain. Yeah, that's a broken human being. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there's yeah. there's a an honesty, kind of an earnest quality yes. in all of those that where whether they're good singers, it, it, it kind of this, the singing is almost a subset of what's being conveyed emotionally yeah. from them, which is an interesting take or, or just how to receive that as a listener is interesting. I would say that it's, it's, uh, it's sometimes it's easier to accept somebody's lyrics as honest when you're able to pair it with a voice that it seems like these lyrics would come from. And, right. and I feel like he's like the perfect guy that way. That's one of his, that's yeah. one of the things that has made him the, the sort of uh, modern hero that he is. Cause let's face it. The guy's like, people love this guy. He can, oh, he yeah. can pen a tune. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. He can write a damn song. <laughs> right. And he writes a lot of them. And he can he's deliver the shit them. out of it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's get back to the the use of the crescendo intention because that's, I think that's like the the next biggest kind of theme. It's all over this on record. this record. It's all yeah. over this record. Uh, Shake it off is my favorite song on the on the record, and and that one is just like, just it's the rhythm of it is is just nuts. And when they go into and out of the choruses, it's just it's it's awesome. And then another one that I wanted to talk about because it, it makes me think. Uh, <coughs> It's called on and on and on. Yeah, and it's like the whole. It, it reminds me of uh, Thunder Road by Springsteen, where it's just like ninety percent of the song is build up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just go, well, like <laughs> I, yeah, I you think like I, if you were to like look at that on a waveform. Yeah, it would just it would just like increasingly build until the end. It, like, in, the in, on my chart, I would use Beyond Belief like Elvis Costello because oh yeah, okay, it sure. starts at one yeah. spot and never and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and never goes back. Nope. It's just, that's it. It's just a rocket, you know, or not even, no, the opposite. Yeah. It's a slow build. <laughs> and uh, where else does it happen? Like, um, it happens kind of differently in walk-in because that, that doesn't kind of, it doesn't start off. Okay. Um, it doesn't start that's off beautiful. like it's, as slow, I know my daughter just came and said goodnight to me. And it's, that's, that's very awesome. adorable. Because um, it has that like that kind of ragtimey feel to it. Uh, but then yeah. at the end, I mean, the end is like heavy, like bah, bah, oh yeah, bah, bah. you know. I mean, it, it's, it's, well, it doesn't it's even like a different song by the end of it. Yeah. Well, I, I was gonna say the exact same thing. Like I was watching this uh, YouTube video of them performing somewhere, and it was like seven or eight songs, and it wasn't like 
earmarked, so you couldn't like click the link to go to a, to a specific song. You had to like try right. and find it. And anyway, trying to find that song <laughs> is damn near impossible because it's, it, like you're probably it's, listening it's, to parts of it and you just don't yeah. even know it yet. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, it's got this chrom- uh, chromatic like walk down at the end. The outro is kind of uh, uh, it, it's enormous, and it, it it's only at the end, which they do a lot. They 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 have parts uh, yeah. that they never repeat in the song a lot, um, but like yes. this chromatic walk down thing. That's um, and then it resolves on that other chord to bring it back the, in. Then uh, it's always like the te- uh, like yeah, it's, ending on the tension chord kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Instead of ending on like the release, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I like know a, what that it's means. Like now. Ending on a question mark, you know. You're like, uh, yeah, yeah. Just like uh, I'm hanging in limbo here. You better give me a straight answer, or else I'm just gonna. <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. Um, uh, okay, so moving along, uh, something that kind of builds on that, but I, I want to talk about just the guitar work in general, especially like the lead guitar work on this record. Yeah, Ooh. and in uh, Impossible Germany is a good place to start because the solo on that song is the solo on that song is like not of that song. Like, it's almost like I swear for like a second, you're like, is this guy just listening to a different song? Like in his headphones when he was right, like playing the solo. So it's like, and it's, I, I just want to say like in the last 20 years, I don't think there's, I have heard another release where the, uh, it has that long a guitar solo. It's long. Yeah. And I got yeah. Nels Klein is guitar player. He's just sick, and he kind of, he kind of, he he, he tackles so many styles and, and so many voices. He he doesn't ever sound like the same guitar player on the record. Like to well, me, his, I wouldn't be able to pick him out of a crowd. He has amazing ability to right. do something different. Like whenever he feels like. Well, that's kind of his mo. It, like. Amazing. His whole career is kind of just all over the the map of what he does. I mean, like a lot of it's like very avant garde, crazy. Stuff, oh yeah, I looked jazz. at his disco- I mean, discography today, and holy crap! But he's played on 150 uh, records. Having him, well, this is like this was the first record with him, right? The first, well, this is the first record that wasn't a live record. The Wilco that is today's Wilco. Okay. Um, Apparently, he played so for the first added, time in 2004. This was in 2007. Right. I could be wrong about that. I thought I saw that. I didn't. Well, the, the only other time that this whole band appeared together was they did a tour before this that they recorded was called Kicking Television, which is an amazing live record. So if you want to hear Nelson Klein doing record. some like, awesome stuff and Wilco in general, that, yeah, definitely listen to that. But, um, yeah, they added Nels Klein. They also added another guitar player, uh, Pants Hit. Pat Sansone and and the drummer. Uh, uh, nope, he was uh, on Ghost Is Born. Okay, and then the uh, the piano player, Mikkel Jorgensen. Is that is he like correct? a multi instrumentalist? Yeah, so they're all kind of multi instrumentalists. That's yeah. the that's yeah. the whole kicker is that they're all. So, He's got so, a band of talented motherfuckers. There's so much talent in this. Yeah, band. yeah. It, <laughs> It's, uh, it's 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 actually kind of beautiful to think that like you know this broken man was able to assemble all these people, all these people could see the potential of like you know wh- how they could add to this man's sound and his and and what he was and what he was doing you know it's well there's if you know I don't know if, if you know the story of Wilco of how it started is it, it came out of Uncle Tupelo right yeah yeah which is a band um, him and. 
few other guys specifically. The guy uh, from Sunvolt. JJ. Uh, well, yes. Also, um, and then uh, Jay Bennett is the guy who, if you watch the documentary, I'm trying to break your heart. It's 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 so sad. I mean, kind of crazy of how it all transpired. But you just watch the like the split of where like Wilco became Wilco, mm-hmm. and Jay, like they just went two different directions. Like constantly fought about what the band should be. And that guy is probably kicking himself many times over considering what Wilco has become. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty obvious Jeff Tweedy was kind of the, the standout. And what became well, and I mean, I think it takes a lot of, um, <clears throat> it takes a lot of patience and a lot of um, ability to see the bigger picture, to, to be as talented as the guys in the band who are not named Jeff Tweedy are and, and let him kind of dictate the course of the band right. and just being like, yeah, you just got to trust him and, and go be along for the ride. Um, uh, you know, you, you kind of have to like subvert your own ego if you, but then again, maybe like you, you if, if I were a, a great musician, which I am not, but if I were, I probably still wouldn't be a great songwriter and I'd probably be like, this is great because he actually does like the heavy lifting of writing the songs and I just got to play them. Yeah. <laughs> True. You nav- well, this navigate one, you know, the, different. The... Good. Uh, that they uh, was written more like a band. They did it in their their space, The Loft, in Chicago and that's... Yeah, I read that this was the first time that, that they really kind of had had a lot of input from other members yeah. as opposed to, to Tweety just like exactly. show, showing up with demos and being like, so this is the, this is the record. So learn your part and we'll record it. And, and it, 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 it shines through. I mean, it seems that way. It sounds like they were writing as a, as a team. I mean, there, there's no way you could come up with songs like that just from having one person's input. I will say, um, and we were talking about impossible Germany as we talked about, uh, the guitar playing and, and how varied it is. Uh, I hear a lot of influences on the guitar playing. I, I Steely Dan. Uh, Steely Dan, definitely. But, I mean, beyond that. Um, <clears throat> in, what is it, Either Way? Yeah, the first song, right? Either Way? Oh, that's a beautiful song. I love, I just want to say before you start talking about it, I love when the drums come in, and I love how that song sets the tone for yeah, the record. It's, yeah. song. it's such a simple lyric and, and it's almost yeah. childlike in its way. And, uh, and then it goes into that dark change and it, and it sort of takes you on this journey. And it's just like, it, it, it's so childlike and, and innocent. And then it just kind of goes to this dark place and then it brings it back to that thing. But um, when it does go into the solo later on, I hear some Pat Metheny in, in, in his guitar playing there. It's, it's like straight up, like that, that sort of that sort of jazz, that sort of playing. That I mean, Matheny only pretty much only does that style, or you know, like inside his own realm of what he does. But this guy can do it, and then goes and does other things that are completely different. You know, it's like I don't even know where this guitar solo on Impossible Germany. I have nothing oh. to compare that to. I I, I, I can't do, think of anything to compare that to. It's hard. Yeah. I can't either. My favorite part of that is is right when the rhythm section goes from playing like a rhythm to playing the... 
Yeah, yeah. I like that. Like, so it's, good. But it's it's the rhythm at that part, the little the real rhythm part that the other guitars are playing are what I believe the solo was going to do. And then the solo just starts doing something else. It's yeah. almost like the rhythm part is like taking over the solo so that he can solo on top of the solo. Yeah, and like extend. And it's it's insane. Yeah, it it's is insane. insane. It's brilliant. That's what it is. And then, yeah, it's nothing but guitar work all over that. And then, like, going out, like, out of that solo, you just basically go to the end. Yeah, and it goes right back into the kind of the intro. Which is... And then, yeah. it, um, side with, we already talked about Side with the Seeds, but the outro, the shredding on the outro of Side with the Seeds is, like, next level shit. That's oh, like, my God. Yeah. It's so good. I was like, I, and, I kept going back and listening to that section over and over again. Just be like, what, am I hearing what I'm hearing? This is so and, good. I will say this, and I just thought this, so bear with me because it's only half a thought. But it's almost like the heavy parts on this record are so sneaky. They sneak up on you so much that it's like you're nodding your head and you're rocking to it before you even realize that the song took that turn yeah. and started rocking. That yeah, part. yeah. Like it's it's yeah. so gradual. Um, but not like in a like it takes forever to get there. It's just, it, this is just a, it's an amazing beautiful record yeah you kind of don't even know that it happened like it's just things are just happening and <laughs> things finally like at one point you're like oh shit okay that that did that um there's a lot i want to touch on yeah there is and, and to that effect i want to touch on uh the the title track sky blue sky and then please be patient with me are they're like just these acoustic numbers I, I get a lot of neil young in the first one a lot of tom petty in the second one but like it's like just so soft and quiet, and I don't even think there's drums in them. Yeah, it's or if like, there are, you don't notice them. And it's like they they do have these little things where they they bring it way down just so that they can bring it right back up. The thing I noticed about Sky Blue Sky is that um, it seems like just your perfect Americana out of the gate, and then um, the changes, the chord changes, the progression becomes complicated enough where it's beyond the thing that you it started as and what you your expectations mm-hmm. of where it started and um your expectations based on where it started and the other thing is great lyrics and it's just storytelling this is like this is a classic um you know americana storytelling with slightly better changes than we're used to in <laughs> in this sort of music you know it's like not slightly drastically better changes and more interesting changes and therefore dictating melodies that you're not expecting in in this uh, type of music you know um, mm-hmm. the other one uh please be patient with me is it's lyrically it's just basically sort of like a preemptive preemptive apology you know it's like yeah it's kind of just like all right if you're gonna you know i'm i'm sorry but this is me so just yeah, it's kind of like like I I am broken. Yeah, we all just, know that. Just or or leave me. Love me or leave. Me. It's just yeah. Well, work I, work in progress. Yeah. In, in a weird way, the the love me or leave me thing, I feel like it could be said about the song itself. Yeah. Like this this song actually doesn't have a whole lot of room on this record to be what it is. No, it's it's like no frills. It's kind of just And it's like I feel like it could have been a throwaway where it's like that could have ended up a B-side. But it it But the lyrics whatever, are very like, strong. It, it, right. So it kind of it, it needed to be in there because of 
kind of the way, not that it doesn't tell a story as a record, but I think there to, is. I think it kind of does. I think keep, it's somehow to keep it's part of the narrative. Though, to keep a, yeah, kind of a, a narrative though. Yeah. To have yeah. in there. So if it's not telling it a story, was, it's at least setting the stage. And then it yeah. wouldn't be set the same way without that song. That's it. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So, real quick, uh, let's just talk about I Hate It Here, or it's just called Hate It Here because that's the only one we haven't really touched on. And uh, it's a strong track. Very it kind of stands out. Yeah. Uh, it's a blues track. I mean, it's very, I put Beatles blues. Like, I get, there's a lot of Beatles in the, especially in the chorus, uh, in the, Guitar tone of the chorus and the harmony. Yeah, it's a little more jaunty. Yeah. Um, But uh, that's just a great one. I mean, it's like everybody's. It's everybody's been there. Right. It's like you're gone and everything sucks. Yes. And I I called your mom and she told me, "Hey, stop it because (laughs) (laughs) we're going to get a restraining order on you, dude." (laughs) Listen, (laughs) read the room, Jeff. Yeah. So um, I think I got from this that, like, in the verses, I thought it was more like John Lennon solo stuff a little bit. Okay. It has a little bit of a, uh, like, uh, country um, feel, um, not unlike Cracker as well. Um, Sure. Which, again, I hate to compare them to their contemporaries, but um, I hear it. I I, I hear it. And also, lyrically, it's a little like Cracker. Well, I mean, you're you're also talking about bands that do it well. It's yeah. like you know, it's a, yeah. it's about you know doing it well. So. Yeah, and and then as it progresses, yeah, it's a it's a it's it's really kind of successfully. Um, there's a lot of Beatles in there, just straight um, up. This is a good one to bring up, and it happens all over the record, but just for the moments that that are there with uh, the drumming. Yeah. Glenn yeah. Kochi, the drummer, he throws some fucking crazy cool ass shit into these songs that I f- feel like it's overlooked, but maybe not. I mean, I'm paying attention, but it could easily get overlooked by anyone. But um, the little like rolls, like like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. When the, you're yeah. gone, air, well, air, you know? I, I think if I had to guess, I would say because everybody else in the band is so good, you. would it's easy to not notice how good the drumming is. Yeah. As opposed to like uh, uh, Blink-182, um, where Travis Barker is like the best person at his instrument in that band by far. Right. And it shows, and they they build the songs around the drumming. This is like, I mean, a lesser drummer couldn't even keep up. <laughs> oh, no, but, right. You know, and it's, but it's because the songs are kind of complex and the, and... And not in a prog rocky way, but just they have a lot of sections, and it's easy to just not notice. He makes it seem effortless to move in and out of these songs. But if you it, if you just listen to the drums, it's like holy shit. This guy. Well, and I think if it were any other drummer, or it were you know someone else, or you change the drums, the songs would be lacking. Oh yeah, definitely. He does yeah. he does so, so much example. for the sort of organic segues between, um, especially when they get into things that are. Atypical, um, in in really in any style of music because they do some things in on this record that are just like they're not normal. They're like they're like sort of a spin on when the Beatles were getting weird, but they're weirder yeah. than mm-hmm. the, how the Beatles did it. Like shake it off, like shake sounds, it off. but right. they Unlike work anything. They else. work really well when you can go the for the yeah, 
Yeah, with a ding yeah. ding in there between you. And yeah. like, come on. So much control yeah. on that is the drumming too. Yeah. You know, yeah. but yeah. Oh, the way it all works, yeah, oh, it's, it's so fantastic. I, I, I tried. I sat there and tried to count. You know, clapping my hands, trying to count what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's there's no counting it. That was there, being there in the studio, it, right? yeah. saying it's going like this. We're not going to try and count it. Yeah, someone's just like looking and being like, now? Okay. (laughs) Feeling it. You're not counting it. No one's counting anything. It Uh, makes me wonder how that would be written. That's almost painful to like comprehend as a musician to be like, what? How is that? How how would Zappa handle that? And would it, it, would it, like, because he would want to write that out like note for note. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, that's the difference of like, he would do weird shit like that, but he would know every single time it was going to happen. Yeah. Where this is like, meh. This could be different every time we play it, and it would still sound just as good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, you guys got anything else you want to say about this fine record? I think it's fair to say that we would all highly recommend it. Oh, yeah, it's a good record. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, I'll listen to it again and again it, for the rest of my life. Yeah, I have. I've just been listening to it. Yeah. It's, it is another one that has just made it into my rotation. Yeah. It's is, a great uh, one. This whole process yeah. of doing this with you guys has, has, has made me listen to so many things. I have so many things now that I, I probably wouldn't have paid as much attention to if I didn't get as into this. And I hope that our listeners experience this too. But it, it's, Well, that's the whole point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. absolutely. It's like we're, we're, we're learning. Well, I'm expanding. I mean, not just learn. physically, but I'm expanding. Yeah. <laughs> expanding. Most, I mean, and, mostly and it's physically, not just the, but... <laughs> it's not just, not the, just having the burritos the before and, and after sleeping. <laughs> wait, wait, so, so I don't have to have the Kelso. <laughs> um, but no, okay. So uh, that is the show. And as Jimbo just put, we hope we've inspired you to spend a little more time actively listening to music, which is what we do for this show. And that's that's kind of the point Jimbo was making was, you know, you can passively listen to music all the time, but like to sit down and really listen to something uh, is, is awesome. And you should give it a try every once in a while. Uh, we hope we inspire you to do that. Uh, if you are feeling frisky, you can stay tuned after this outro for a section we call The Lounge, where we get a little loose and talk about this day in music history and a Billboard Top 10 from back in the day. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please tell a friend, subscribe and rate and review us and share us on your social media. If you are feeling very generous, please go on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. That helps us tremendously. Can subscribe to the show on all the major podcast platforms, including Spotify. If you search for Music Mostly Pod on Spotify, you'll find the show. But also, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll find our user profile. That's where you can find the playlist for the shows. Uh, you can follow our user profile as well as the show. It's a little convoluted. And for that, we apologize. There's nothing we can do about it. Uh, you can check out our website, musicmostlypod.com. You can find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at musicmostlypod. And you can hit us up at Gmail at musicmostlypod at gmail.com. Uh, for Jimbo and Brian, this is Will signing off. We will see you in the lounge in just a minute. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the lounge. This is the part of the show where we go off script, talk about this day in music history. Sometimes Jimbo hears some grievances. You just I, never know. Not gonna, never know not gonna, gonna do that tonight. Not gonna do it. I'm he's holding back. See he's holding back. He hasn't nice seen young. the top ten list yet. <laughs> oh Christ. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, as we record this, it is April 19th. Uh, in 1974, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band appeared at the State Theater in New Brunswick, New Jersey. 
The gig was unadvertised by its promoter, who gambled that word of mouth would be enough to fill the 550-seat venue. Only 250 people attended. Tickets cost $4.50. That's way too much. For 1974, I feel like that's actually a lot of money, no? Yeah. In 1974, they could buy you a pack of cigarettes and a six-pack like of beer. That'd be like a $50 ticket these days. Yeah. Like, why would you go see Bruce Springsteen when you can get, like, a pack of cigarettes and a six-pack of beer for Especially the same Especially in 1974. I mean, he wasn't that, wasn't as popular in 1974. If you were really born to run, you would probably just get those cigarettes and... <laughs> And maybe like a six-pack of beer. So I'm saying like PR or like something, you know, like less, you know, more cost-effective. Like you're like, okay, so PBR, let's think about it. Probably PBR was like a dollar a six-pack back then or like $2 maybe, right? Yeah. I mean, that's how much is a six-pack of it now? $4. I mean, yeah, it's not that much. It's like a dollar a beer. It's like six bucks. Yeah, so it was probably. For tall boys, for tall boys. It's probably like a buck fifty. PBR, how much, Brandon? Yeah. So they're about a dollar a piece, right? You a six pack? Yeah. It's like about a dollar a piece, I think. <laughs> Luckily, our research assistant. Yeah, I, I, I have a research assistant. <laughs> <laughs> he was able to um, actually verify my previous uh, assumptions. Oh, all right. In, uh, in 1980, two things happened. REM played their first gig as REM. At the 1111 Coffee Club in Athens, Georgia. The show ended at 2 a.m. when it was closed down by police due to the venue being unlicensed. What were they called before REM? Were they called WTF? Because that would have been, that would have made sense. <laughs> I, Jimbo, don't let your hatred for REM. <laughs> I know, question. I know. I'm being funny, but not very. But not. I love it's REM. Not, not at all. It's not funny. They How were playing you. in an unlicensed venue you know, nothing funny about okay okay so like so was unlicensed because it did not have a liquor license or was not allowed to like have a crowd gather there what what was the unlicensed you you have all of the information that i have i've given 100 percent of the facts. i am not going to speculate based on the very little information that i have the people in I feel like in Athens, Georgia in nineteen eighty, one probably did not need a liquor license to sell alcohol. Yeah, I'm thinking that was like a <laughs> like a frat party. It's probably something. a fire code thing. I I probably I was probably like fire if I had to guess, I'd say fire code. Yeah, probably. Uh, also in nineteen eighty, Blondie went to number one on the US singles chart with Call Me. Love that song. Call me. I love that song. Call so me. I have to say that line has been used in several, several so Muse. They use it and White that, Wedding also. Billy I was Idol. Say, that's not Muse. That's 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 Billy no, Idol. But, no, but oh, yeah. Muse did it. <laughs> it's um in um. Yeah, it's all. It's pretty much the same line. It's very close. It's all ball bearings these days. It's all ball bearings these days. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> I said, I said, Mr. Stanwick, you've been up there doing some trick flying or something. You didn't say that. That's what I said to him. You don't have to go to South America and back. Oh, dude. Yeah. Stanwick's baby, huh? (laughs) I love the the shape of this wing. (laughs) That wing. Mm. Um, In 1986, Prince started a two-week run at number one on the U.S. singles charts with Kiss. He also had the number two song, Manic Monday, by the Bengals, which he wrote under the pseudonym Christopher. 
Seriously? He wrote it under a pseudonym? I did not know that. That's interesting. I didn't know that he wrote it under a, a pseudonym, a nom de plume. As nom de plume. Are you I French don't, suddenly? That's a Prince song. I guess I never knew that. Man Monday? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got it. If you listen to like the uh, the demos thing, which is now very much available on I'm Spotify. I'm not a huge fan of that song, I guess is maybe why I'm saying you, that. You can hear his original version okay. of it, which is solid gold. It's like donk a donk good. Maybe because I just get upset when it's not played on a Monday. That's a whole other issue. <laughs> and I'm not feeling very manic at all. Uh, you know. hey, man. I don't want to hear w- that song on a Thursday afternoon. Man, yeah, I was manic like- on Tuesday. What the fuck? I can't have... I'm, I'm, don't even get me started about hearing Friday I'm in love on a Tuesday. <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> uh, uh, a whole other episode. Oh, geez. <laughs> Well, I think we know what dad jokes are, even if we don't know what dad these rock are. Is. These are bad. These yeah, are very well, bad. <laughs> Everything we're doing is very bad. <laughs> these aren't dad jokes. These are just bad jokes. Uh, in 2000, Phil Collins won a 250,000 pound settlement in a high court case over royalties with two former members of his band. The judge ruled that they had been overpaid in error, but. Because the two musicians had no other income, they would not have to pay it back. Now, how the hell? <laughs> if so, you're Phil Collins, I just want to know. Was it, was it Mike Mike Rutherford? I don't know. That's what I was again, again. You have all the information that I have. I would but, say Mike Rutherford and uh, what's the other guy's name? Peter. Yeah, do you think Gabriel, that this guy. was this was like Genesis? The, the other part of Genesis. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That wasn't Peter Gabriel? But um. His drummer, the, the drummer was always like Chester Thompson, right? Like the drummer for the live touring drummer. I'm pretty I sure it was Chester know. Thompson. I could be wrong. But I, how? I do not know. I mean, if you're Phil Collins in 2000, how are you suing somebody over 250,000 pounds? Yeah, it seems. It, it doesn't. It seems a little bit um, douchey. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Am I the only one who feels that way? No. Uh, no. We don't like to Not diss on people, but I'll tell you what, Phil Collins. And I love Phil Collins, and, and this hurts. Brian loves Phil Collins. I'm going to tell the, the listeners deep. out there, Brian has a Phil Collins boner that he will never satisfy. It's unhealthy. <laughs> it's it's, it's unhealthy. an un- unhealthy love for Phil Collins. If there was a support group for this type of thing, I would have gone a long time. Okay, there is actually. <laughs> I'm, I've got a card for you. Okay, um, good. It's, it's called Abacap. The support uh, group. Sorry, it's not actually. Abacap? No, it's not called that. It's not. Oh, so, it's, so it's, it's not g- called. That. It's called in the air tonight. And okay, okay, all right, okay. Uh, and then last year in 2020, Captain Tom Moore and Michael Ball went to number one on the UK singles chart with their version of "You'll Never Walk Alone." The only charity single, or the charity single made more, six days short of his 100th birthday. The oldest person to achieve a number one, beating the previous record holder, Tom Jones. Um, this was the the older gentleman over in England who, who was doing that fundraiser for COVID where he was like walking around his garden and he, he raised like a gazillion dollars. Like, oh, that was this? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, because so I don't know sweet. what this is. Other like, who is, is it the song "You'll Never"? Is that it? Yeah, you'll never walk alone. It's like the Glasgow Celtic and I want to say Liverpool's 
soccer club is their song that they sing. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Liverpoolians. It's at the it's they it's at the end of uh, the song "Fearless" by Pink Floyd on on metal. They, they yes, it is. Okay, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's that song. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's um, it's it's like a soccer. It's like a football fight song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's just a sweetheart, and I wanted to bring it up because he's a great guy. Passed away on February second of this year. That's a shame. Damn. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that we have nice things and each other. I know. Um, born today, 1942, Alan Price, keyboardist of the Animals. He was born today. As a solo artist, he also scored the number 67 UK number four single, Simon Smith and His Amazing Dancing Bear. What the fuck is Isn't that, that Randy Newman? <laughs> I have no idea. What's, what's the Randy Newman song that's like similar to that? I don't know. There's a Randy Newman song that has a super similar title. Simon Smith and His Amazing Dancing Bear. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Never mind. He, Randy Newman has a very similar, similar sounding song. Or maybe he's covering that one. Okay, sorry. Maybe, maybe. Uh, 1947, American guitarist Fa- Mark Volman of the Turtles was born. They had a number one single, Happy Together. Famous probably mostly for its use in Ernest Goes to Camp. Nice. <laughs> so good. For you. I mean, I wouldn't. Is that, is that just me? Was that just me? I think it's pretty so much. It was, it was the number one single well before that movie came out, but <laughs> yeah. it enjoyed a, a, a renaissance. I was going to yeah. <laughs> Renaissance. <laughs> So happy uh, together. I don't know. I don't oh know. I mean, honestly, that's a great song, but it is the moment song. you uh, mentioned Ernest P. Worrell, I got a Ernest little bit. Of, I got a little little shrinkage over here. I was like, nah, I don't really, <laughs> I don't think of that oh, at all. Jim Varney, he was a great guy. Jim Varney, great man. guy. He was a hatchet faced freak. All your favorites, you know, hell Ernest goes to hell or whatever. That- Ernest, he goes to hell. He was scared stupid. I believe he went to jail. Um, Ernest, Ernest goes to Belgium. That never happened. <laughs> there was a, there was a Ernest, Ernest goes anywhere interesting. He goes to Corfu. Him and Elon Musk like, are best friends. Ernest, Ernest goes to the Greek Isles. Uh, no, uh, that didn't happen. It was like Ernest goes uh, to stupid places that nobody wants to go. Wait, I have to say something really quickly because, Jimbo, you you are correct. I had to look it up. And Simon Smith and the Amazing Dancing Bear is, in fact, a song written by Randy Newman. Thank you. Okay. I, I'm very seldomly correct, and I love it when I am. So thank uh, you for uh, giving me that one just, shiny moment. Just a just, little validation for you, pal. Oh, man. You just made my week, bro. I've cool. been correct about one thing this week, and that is great. I am. Here. I'm knocking it out of the park, hey, man. I, it's only a manic Monday right now. I know. I wish it was a whole weekend. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Um. Also born today in 1966, uh, Marion Suge Knight. Let's kill uh, some people. Death Row Sorry. Records. <laughs> wait, his first name uh, is Marion. Wait, I didn't say that. He might kill Marion Hugh Suge Knight. He has a girl's first yeah. name. I almost, I almost feel I like say that to his it? face. It's I know. I was gonna say, I yeah, feel pretty, like awkward about saying it out loud right you, now. Dude. Man, I want that guy. Is he still me. in jail? Like he killed? Like he finally went to jail, or like for like the tenth time or whatever? He's been in jail a lot for like attempted murder. 
He seems like a nice guy. I'd like to hang out with him. <laughs> I mean, I, I shouldn't even be talking. I'm, I'm like afraid now. I shouldn't I'm not. Say anything. I'm shutting up. We're moving along. Yeah. <laughs> in in 1982. Uh, the Grateful Dead played the Baltimore Civic Center in Baltimore, Maryland. Why do you have to do this? <laughs> I don't, I don't every every time, so every time, Will. Because <laughs> you don't understand, I'm struggling, dude. I, I Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're going to do the Billboard Top 10 from May 19th, 2007. This is what would have been the top 10 singles in the United States the week that Sky Blue Sky was released. Uh, and I'm not going to lie to you, I'm not familiar with a lot of these. Uh, I love when that one, happens. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know any of these songs. Number one is Makes Me Wonder by Maroon 5. Nope. Well, nope. you know the guy, Adam... Adam... Uh, Adam Levine. Levine. Adam Attack Levine. Also our, our, our local cab-driving uh, mayoral candidate. Or no, he was, yes. What was he running for? He didn't run for mayor. He ran for... He ran for city council, maybe? City council, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that guy. Adam Levine of Maroon 5? No, Adam Levine, a different Adam Levine. Mm. He's got a very strong Brooklyn accent and long hair and a crazy beard. So not the same guy. So not the same guy. The same. Super okay. super nice fella who we like very much. Nice fella. More or less than this Adam Levine of Maroon 5. Well, I've never met that. I mean, that Adam Levine is extraordinarily handsome. Let's just, let's just put that out there. That guy is really fucking pretty. I mean, like... I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say more than a man should be. I, I, I don't know what that means, but I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like he is too pretty. <laughs> Seriously, look just look at him. Just look at his face. It's chiseled and beautiful, and everything about it is like, oh my god! Can you imagine like stumbling upon him and trying to have a conversation, being like, I'm sorry, I I I can't stop thinking about probably having sex with you, you know, like that sort of thing, you know, like, I, like I'm a straight man, but God, you're pretty, you know, like that sort of thing. I don't and, know. And this is still the guy from Brooklyn who no, is no. here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Maroon 5 guy. Come on. Oh, uh, um, the actor slash Maroon 5 guy. Okay. Number two is Because of You by Neo. I don't remember that one. I have no idea what that is. I, I don't. And I know not, who Neo that's is. That's not Neo's I fault. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, Neo. It feels like my fault. I'm the cause of a lot that's of problems. Probably. Yeah. Most likely. Uh, number three was Buy You a Drink. And then in parentheses, Shawty Snapping by T Pain fe oh. featuring Young Jock. Well, we know T Pain, right? I do know T Pain. Well, T Pain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and his first, uh, I first became familiar with him for his, his single, I'm in Love with a Stripper, featuring Mike Jones. Yep. Yep, yep, Which yep. Which is a, an amazing song. Clever. So, uh, clever, clever. I don't know if you guys just... So, The Masked Singer, I don't know if you know the show. It's on Fox. People I dress up in weird-ass costumes and you sing and whatever. So, T-Pain won one of the seasons. And motherfucking dude can sing. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he's known for that, that pitch correction as an effect. And that's what he did. And, like... But yeah, it was like more of a gimmick. Without that, that guy can sing. He can like it, really, really perform. He won. The, yeah, and oh yeah, Solid. it was just crazy. To, and he did it. I mean, I guess it it wasn't even a surprise. He did it in his songs before it. But yeah, anyway, yeah, he's he's like magic. He's right? like magical singer. He's magic singing pretty man. Good. Pretty good. <laughs> Which I don't think that's um, a status or title. Um, um, 
I, I think that that's that's the title. Ma- magic Singing Man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start my own show. It's going to call it Magic yeah. Singing Man. It will not star me. <laughs> Sounds like a some sort of like it, it'll be it'll, it'll Russian knockoff talent show. Magic Singing Man. It's going to be it's going to be more like the Brady Bunch, but not exactly. Uh, a Magic Singing Man with Comrade Scott. I'll dress like Alice and just like. Talk about Sam the, but- um, the Butcher. All right. <laughs> Bringing Alice the meat. Uh, <laughs> number four is uh, Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne, which I do know. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know. That's that a hot track. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I do enjoy some Avril Lavigne. So the thing that I, I remember. The, okay, you go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say that. Um, so there was a feature with, it was either with Spotify or Pandora back in the day where. You like logged in via your Facebook and then it would like post on your Facebook like the things that you listen to. Or you could tell it to so that right. people could yeah. like, you know, whatever. And so I definitely remember at one time like posting on Facebook, like late after like closing bandwagon one night, was like, Will is, and I was like, definitely not watching Avril Levine videos on YouTube so they don't show up in his Facebook feed. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you be like Would you would that be a, a point of embarrassment for you uh, It was just kind of a joke Because yeah, I'm not, I'm not it, You know I'd say it was a guilty pleasure But I don't feel at least a bit guilty about it. So I had a conversation with like a bunch of like people Like my age and younger Who are like all pop fans We were talking about like a lot of these uh, I hate to say it but like A female sort of diva uh, solo acts that are known by their their name over the past ten to fifteen years, right? So who do you got? You got name them, and I mean like like Kesha, Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, yeah, like Rihanna. white girls, white girls that are singing songs, and they're supposedly a solo artists. And you think about no, there's a hit factory that's putting out a lot of their songs. But the, okay, the one thing that came up was Katy Perry, and like I'm pretty sure that Katy Perry writes her shit. Dude. I think she writes her songs. I mean, There's I think all of them have at least, least a good amount of them. I mean, a lot of them. Well, that's kind of the appeal to a lot of it now. I mean, like Taylor Swift, she writes all her own stuff. Like, mm, we had that discussion, and I did a little research, and I found out that there is uh, there are some ghostwriters. She has a lot there. of co-writers. She yes, has she's co-writers. some ghostwriters. Yeah, but everyone does. Like, I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't think you could. But say Avril Lavigne does write a lot of her own stuff. What was her biggest one? What was a big, big hit she had? Complicated? Uh, Skater Boy? That was it. Complicated. Yeah, complicated was the big one. <laughs> that was Why'd well, you have to go yeah. make a mash and a smash, mash, mash, Herman, yeah, Herman does a pretty one. good version of that. I think he... Yeah. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. It's actually... Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, who's the comedy um, re-lyric guy with the long... Weird Al Yankovic. He does... He, it's like constipated and then like... The, the- the comedy <laughs> lyric guy with the long hair. Yeah, that like, guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh, couldn't think of his name. The most famous parody musician in the history of music. In the history of parody music, <laughs> For, yeah. which is a genre all its own. Uh, it was a genre because he made it a I was genre. Saying, it's a, it's okay. a small uh, list in that genre. I mean, yeah, there's it's only a short many, list. Like, okay, artists, that may, if, yeah. if that. I am so sorry for having wasted your time, ladies and gentlemen, this evening. <laughs> yeah, this is, I'm going to stop talking. Okay. Um, number five is Give It To Me by Timbaland featuring Nelly Furtado and Justin Timberlake. 
I remember yeah. that one. Yeah, I do too. too. I, I remember it too. Yeah. Uh, number six is I'll Stand By You by Carrie Underwood. I remember, like, right? Is that the. Yeah. I'll Stand By You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was like, that's like a big ballad, right? It was a strong ballad. Like it was a strong remake ballad. of yeah. the 80s. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it felt like the 80s, but it happened in the 90s, right? It happened in 2007. Oh, Christ Almighty. God. But it felt like the 80s. I, mean, I don't know. I may have taken some. Yeah, it's. Sinead O'Connor? Is that who did that? I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was. Them. It, it definitely, it's, it's a very 80s feeling song. That's a, that's a big ballad, though. Yeah. And it uh, also it also feels like either Heart or like... Um, yeah. Or, 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 or like, um, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Grace Slick, um, Jefferson Airplane, something like that. Oh, yeah. Well, right? It's, it's in that area. It's like in that... And like we think about like the motels and things that happened in the 80s or like, you know, like... There are a lot of things that sounded like that. And we have Goat Lady, Goat Lady, obviously, but she, you know, she did her own thing and she was out, whatever. Sorry about you. So, sorry. Indeed. Sorry, Goat Lady. Sorry, Goat Lady. Goat lady. Number seven is uh, Glamorous by Fergie featuring Ludacris. I don't remember this one. but I don't uh, either, I don't but know. I remember hearing a lot about Fergie. Like, it was like, yeah, real. it was like, I, I gave it no attention. I was like, I will not, I will not avert my eyes. I'm just going to. Hold, I'm gonna hold steady. The black eyed peas, man. Black eyed peas, yeah, yeah. They were, I mean, because they would have been real hot in the mid aughts. Like the black eyed peas were, oh, yeah. Okay, like, I did not avert yeah. my eyes for that. I, I actually listened to a lot of that. Fill up my cup, Mazel Tov. So, yeah, <laughs> were, were yeah. they speaking Yiddish suddenly? Tonight's yes. gonna, be gonna be a good night. Have you seen the Eurovision Song Contest movie that's on Netflix? No. With Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams. I have oh, not yeah, it, yeah, yeah. The Norwegian. you're talking about. Oh, it's it, Icelandic, and it, it's, so, it's, it's so good. It's very funny, and it's very entertaining. Yeah. It's I like, and it's it, very yeah. sweet. It is kind of very sweet. It actually tells a beautiful story. It's it's hilarious and awesome. But anyway, that song by Black Eyed Peas is, is it featured in it. They, they also sing a number that of ABBA, ABBA songs, obviously, yeah. because that is... Well, there's a, there's a wonderful, like, mashup musical number in the middle of that movie that's that's oh, just amazing damn good honestly i want to watch that again tonight i'm gonna to probably go back you should. oh god uh i've i've watched it i i, I literally do not know where to put my hands week. right now <laughs> all right boys um let's number- <laughs> put it back in your pants let's move on <laughs> <laughs> uh, number eight is called don't matter by akon i don't remember that one i don't either don't, don't, it don't not, matter to me. It's not a concept. It don't matter um, to me. Number nine is called I Tried by Bone Thugs and Harmony featuring Akon. Yeah, this, what is that? I like don't know. Two in one summer, that. we don't have an either idea. And why is Akon showing up all over this? Well, in number tra- 10, I was trying to Sweet Escape bread. by Gwen Stefani featuring oh, yeah. Akon. Yeah. Akon is in the last three. And this was before he started making that Lonely Island movie. That's wait, 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 wait. I, 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 I remember, what, man. I remember the song, the, the the Gwen Stefani song. I think. How'd it go? No, this. <laughs> you I, tell me. You remember it? Damn it! I thought I was really close to that. I don't think you're gonna remember this one because I. Yeah. Well, Brian. Akon was like what he did. Like this is like when um, like the reggaeton thing got hot again. From like '05, yeah. like the mid aughts. He kind of, wasn't he. He was. That was his. Was thing, he right? the like trying to find out what to call this girl without being disrespectful? 
Oh, that seems nice. I don't remember. It seems like he was a nice guy that he said that. Yeah. Well, and then, like, and then the song <laughs> it's goes like on. The He's like, like a nice guy. Use a sexy bitch. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, then, so, he, then he went dirty. So, yeah. Uh, as they do. Those pop stars. He's from Senegal. Um, That's why people can't have anyway, nice things. That is. That is. Um, you guys got anything else? I had a lot I was going to say. And, like, it totally, it was, it was stolen from me because you guys, like, just talk over me constantly. I feel like that wow. is... True, and it's actually not true at all. I mean, I, I, I'm the loud mouth of the group. I should just shut the hell up, stop it. Yeah, you got all right, all right, rambling okay, ladies. on, ladies, gentlemen. That is the whole show. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, until we meet again, always, always be better and get a victory every day. <laughs>